Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Popsicle, a sweet new show where our guests and I lap up what's new in pop culture. My name is RJ from RJ's Food Rocks, and today we have a very special guest. He needs no introduction. He literally owns half of the company. Uh, he loves the word lap up. He approved it right away when I told him I wanted to do a show. Uh, it's Rhino. Hi, Rhino. Hello. Thank you for finally having me on this show. I can't wait to... <laughs> lap up this conversation Ah, there it is there it is yes thank you for um i've always like kept you on the bench as they say in in sports because i know you're you're always going to be there for me to be a guest on the show so thanks for sticking it out i'm your your pinch hitter you'll make the team someday I'll keep sitting here, coach, till you call me in. Today on The Popsicle, we will be unwrapping the film Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. So here is your TCDE Too Cold Didn't Eat. Lifelong friends Barb and Star embark on the adventure of a lifetime when they decide to leave their Smallwood Western town for the first time ever, where they soon find themselves tangled up in an adventure, love, and a villain's plot to kill everyone in town? What? This movie stars Annie Mamulo and Kristen Wiig as Barb and Star, respectively. They also wrote the screenplay. Uh, previously, the duo was nominated for an Academy Award for their film Bridesmaids. Uh, this film was directed by Josh Greenbaum, and other stars in the, sh- in the movie include Jamie Dornan and Damon Wayans Jr. This film was originally supposed to come out... Um, with a theatrical release in July 2020, but due to the pandemic, this film was instead delayed and has been released on demand uh, this February. And I would say it has become, at least on gay Twitter, has become kind of like a, <laughs> it has become kind of like a cult hit. So, Rhino, I don't know if you've watched the show, but uh, usually we start up with some of the things that we liked about the popsicle, uh, the sweet. So let's go ahead and start with the sweet. And I, for one, just wanted to say, really love this film. I was laughing so hard. It's so silly. It's so campy. There were so many bits and pieces of this movie that felt like a sketch show come to life. And it was so fun to watch from the music numbers to the punchlines to like loopy drug sequences. It was just so much fun to like literally be like to have fun again. Isn't it nice to have fun again? It it definitely had that energy of like friends sitting in a room and being like, wouldn't this be okay. So like, this is the setup for the scene, but wouldn't it be funny if like this happened? Wouldn't it be funny if this crab on the beach just turned and started speaking to her out of nowhere? Wouldn't that be hilarious? And so it was, it had that, like that kind of like warm feeling to it where like it, it was like knowing the two people who starred in this movie were also the two people who wrote it. I just, I envy the relationship they had to be in the same room at the same time and like do out the outline of a movie that essentially is like a, I, I think when we watched it, we said this was a similar to like an Austin powers, how that spoofs on James Bond. It was very much like, I did not expect that at all, but it was so much like just this, like, two people caught up in a situation that they had no idea they were caught up in, but it was so funny because they're they're They were so pure just trying to like live their life. And like, 
I feel like this movie somehow became a metaphor for all of us, like kind of stuck up in quarantine about being like, yeah, we just got to get out there and do what makes us happy uh, eventually. Yeah. You know, like it took on a new life, a new meaning, I feel like. So, yeah, it was a fun surprise. And like I grew up watching the Austin Power movies. I loved the Austin yes. Power movies. Yes. Was not appropriate a child <laughs> my age to be watching the Austin Power movies, but I did. And so the entire time I was getting those vibes especially with Kristen Wiig who is playing double she's playing star but she's also playing Sharon who is the villain of the movie and she looked she looked and sounded horrible as Sharon that I was like she's so funny she's so ugly I can't stand I didn't even know her name was Sharon until you just said that because I had no idea. Okay, but like, yeah, she would pop up on screen and you were like, oh, God. Like, And it, it was like when you said it was like an Austin Powers film, there is nothing that you can compare this to other than that. It, it literally it starts <laughs> out and that little boy on the bike is just like listen on his headphones like jam into like this great song and then he gets gets to a tree that is like an entrance to an underground like lair and you're like oh what on god's green earth am i watching right now and it <laughs> is, is movie? so absurd but like it is one absurd scene after the other but somehow it still has this like innocent like kind of cute friendship story where you're just like oh that's so cute because barb and star are just so like the best friends from nebraska and they're just so cute like also their accent to me sounded like i don't know what a nebraska accent sounds like but to me it sounded like uh drop dead gorgeous like a uh, minnesota yeah i think it was so nice to just kind of like see these two care it's always nice like the biggest thing about sketch comedy is that and as an expert of sketch, God, no, <laughs> I made it sound like I was an expert. <laughs> as a former member of SNL, please tell us, RJ, what do you know? No, I would say like the what's really fun about sketch comedy is that sometimes when the characters are really laid in and grounded and you're like, wow, I can't see past this character like I this actor is gone. They are just this like crazy character that like commitment makes it so much more funny when they're put in these situations of like now she has to like be in an airport like what are the what do these characters look like in a full plane what do these characters look like in a like a hiawaska like <laughs> spiritual journey what do the characters look like you know at like a bar so it was is it was fun to kind of see that and i agree like the surprise really took me because I think we were all expecting like, oh, this is going to be kind of like a bridesmaids, like feel good, not feel good, but like it's more about like the friendship, but it ended up being about the friendship, but in like yeah. completely zonkers like uh, situations that we all bought in because it's like, you know what? It's the pandemic. Like, no, who cares anymore? <laughs> like, let's like sure. when was the last time we watched an actual movie? Yeah, geez. Yeah, it was one of those where we're just relieved to have something to laugh at, relieved to have something new, something fun. And thank God Kristen Wiig has kept us laughing through Wonder Woman 1984, through this. Like, we just have her to constantly having us laugh, laugh, laugh. So... It is nice to see her like be a comedy queen again. Yeah, that was I was going to say after because you think of like, oh, well, Bridesmaids was so funny, but also Bridesmaids 
was like Kristen Wiig is not really the funny person in that movie. She's the straight man, essentially, you know, and like and it's yeah, Melissa McCarthy, yeah, you know, it, totally. it's it's the surrounding characters. It, it's like Wendy, like it's all the all the other p- people around her are like heightened versions. And then like so when she finally has her breakdown, we're like, oh, God, we can relate to that. Right. But like in this movie, it was like these two. Mm-hmm sweet people that have never really been anywhere else that are kind of caught up in this absolutely makes no, this feels like a cocktail napkin at a bar (laughs) after three drinks. And you are like, should we write a movie? Should we write a movie? Let's write a movie. Okay. I've been watching all these James Bond movies. What should we write? One of the things that I also liked about the movie that I didn't expect to like was Jamie Dornan as the like love interest and basically like the third co-star of the film. He was such a goofball and such a derp and such a like dope that like you I remember us making the comment when we were watching it that was like he's not like the sexy like he's not yeah, like a sex I, symbol anymore. He is really, very attractive, no. but like he's fully playing this character of a dope that like you're like yeah he's like attractive but like he's really selling the derpiness of it (laughs) like he's in shape i think like you know like he's got his shirt off a couple times like there was one scene where we were like okay but then other scenes were like oh okay but like it's one of those things where you're like it's, it's 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 like that Seinfeld episode where he's dating that girl but depending on where she is in the lighting he can't tell if she's attractive or not and that's what I felt like <laughs> this movie was like where I was like this is Dorian Gray like this I, I I didn't see those movies but I know that's who he played and I was like so this was the guy yeah. they picked to be the most attractive human being on planet earth I don't see it but that's okay like he's not ugly like I think he's an attractive guy but you're right like it, it was something about him being kind of that like derpy kind of guy that like removes that aspect from him but then every now and then you'd be like mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't kick it out like I'd I'd be all right like, <laughs> like I wouldn't say no I yeah I think he really did, he did a really good job it kind of gave me the same vibes of like when Chris Hemsworth was in Ghostbusters like I think that's something that Kristen Wiig is interested in which I'm really excited about is that let's take these like yeah like blockbuster yeah. like sexy dudes and give them like fully comedic just like fully go crazy and be stupid in a movie and just like watch them have fun because you can tell that Jamie Doran had so much fun making this movie. Oh, and I am here for it. If you want to give Chris Hemsworth any sort of comedy roles, I mean, he was great in Ghostbusters. He was great. Uh, When they, when they took that turn and were like, okay, we need to make like Ragnarok when that took the turn of being like a funny movie, like it's still good and it still has weight on his character. So funny. When like, yeah, when, when, it's the rewatchability of that movie, whether that's my favorite Marvel movie or not. That's mm-hmm. the one I could put on easily and be like, this is funny, but also there's character development. And like, it's one of, it's one of those movies where I was like, okay, this is the Thor I want to watch. Not the one who is in dark, dark world or whatever. And like, I want to watch ghostbusters. I want to watch, uh, what was the other, he had the cameo in like, uh, family vacation or 
the the redo the remake of the vacation movie yeah he was like yes cameo in that and he's so good in that but he's only in it for like 10 minutes maybe but he's just so funny and i was like this guy has a future in comedy he's so good and he is just easy to look at hot men can be funny now like thank god they don't just give us the looks in their body thank god they've taken humor from us uglies thank god for that <laughs> Thank God for that. Wow, what a moment in history. So as part of the show, I don't know if you've seen it, but as part of the show, sometimes like a popsicle, when it gets a little hot out and, you know, we haven't eaten it all up right away, it tends to get a little sticky. So let's talk about the sticky. I couldn't afford popsicles. We had freeze pops. Oh. We just we just poured the freeze pops. Do you ever think about this? Did you do this at daycare? I don't know. Maybe your family had money, but we, I had to go to take care when I was a kid, but uh, we, we, all the daycare kids. And I, this is disgusting post pandemic. Obviously we had all agreed to save the last quarter of our freeze pops and pour it into one ma uh, one ultra freeze pop. And we were like, that's the super flavor because it had the yellow, the green, the blue, all in one flavor. And we all took sips. And then it's like, yeah, no wonder why we all got like mono and like, disgusting we were all licking the same freeze pop <laughs> in the backyard of a house you know it's like uh, with an above ground pool right next to us it was just like that was our jam well you used to buy you able to buy like the plastic that looks like for like freeze pops and you would make your own freeze pops with like coconut juice what? And, like mango you made you it yourself Yes, we would tie them up and then we would sell them for like five pesos. Like you could buy one. Oh my god! And then you would just chew off the the yeah. end of the of, yeah. the of the plastic and then just stuck on the popsicle. Yeah, I grew up in the wrong country. It's fine. All right. Um. So we're talking about the sticky. One of the the first stickies that I had in the movie was it wasn't that it was bad, but it was just. Uh, so Damon Wayans Jr. is in the movie as kind of like the foil for Jamie Dornan's character. He plays Darley Bunkle. He's supposed to be like the like trump card for ja Jamie's character to be like, oh, the Sharon, the villain, is like, oh, I have another secret agent because you can't do your job. I'll have this other agent do it. But he was also kind of like bumbling in his own way. Like his whole bit was that he was a character who couldn't be like secretive. So he always... <laughs> just like gave his full name or like, like he was address. super private but he was like oh i'm not in room 155 oh oh shoot i am <laughs> like yeah it was always the accidental reveal yeah and it just i totally felt that it was like unnecessary to be honest i was like damon waynes jr is such a great actor he's great to look at he's so funny but it was like i feel like he didn't really have anything to do i i i, I completely agree with you and i it's one of those things where like i remember the moment where i was like oh my god this is damon waynes son because i think damon <laughs> waynes is easily my favorite of the waynes brothers like the waynes family yeah um yeah. like growing up up my father would show us like major pain um and like blank man mm -hmm. and and all these things and so i have always been a damon wayne's fan like i come from a david damon wayne's fan like household and so the show happy endings when that came out and damon wayne's jr was the main character in that before yep. new girl and the the big thing with that is that that had filmed 
they didn't think it was going to get picked up. Damon Wayans Jr. had done the pilot for New Girl. And then when the pilot aired, that was mm. when ABC decided to pick up Happy Endings because it was like a delayed pilot. Like they filmed the whole first season, but it, it didn't air when yeah. it was supposed to and was brought in as back end. And it ended up being more popular than people than the network had expected. So they renewed it and used the contract. So he was not able to be in New Girl but then he's on New Girl later after oh, Happy Endings was canceled. That. So that's why he's like in the first episode and then not in it again until mm -hmm. like two seasons later, um, which I'm I'm happy about. But I do think if you have never seen Happy Endings, um, it's all on Hulu. I am telling you, this is one of the funniest shows I have ever seen. It is a uh, both of the brothers who did uh, the Russo brothers did it. Uh, who were executive producers and directed who also did like community and they did infinity war and that sort of stuff, you know, obviously Endgame and, yeah. and the Marvel cinematic universe stuff. Uh, but uh, Damon Wayans plays Damon Wayans jr. Father in one of the episodes of the show, but, but regardless, Damon Wayans jr. Is brilliant oh, on this show. Brilliant. Like I'm talking like comedic gene, like it will go yeah. unappreciated till the end of time, unfortunately. And I, it was a hill I will die on. And I do not think yeah. he has found a role to fit that comedic genius that he has that equals up to that yet. Yeah. And that is like, like new girl. I don't love coach, but then he was in like, um, that movie with Jake Johnson and him where they're like, let's be cops. And like, I thought the movie was stupid funny, but it wasn't like, he's so mm. good on happy endings because he can just be anything he wants to be. And all these other roles, he's kind of pigeonholed into like a little spot. I feel like his role in this movie was kind of cut down. I think his role was probably more expansive yeah. in like a director's cut. And then it got like whittled down into what we saw. Yeah, because we watched the bloopers and there was a like a full dining scene where he was like in a costume and he and Jamie were supposed to like, I think, like pass off the microchip or whatever. And it was like this full like heist scene that was completely cut from the final cut of the movie. So, yeah, I agree. It probably was. <laughs> We get it. You're a stan. I bought it. all three seasons right here. I own them. So I'm just saying, even though I have them streaming, I still bought them just so we know. Another, I guess like my main big, other, my big other sticky of the movie is that, and it's not like a fault of the movie. I don't think, I think it's just how it came out. But like, I love the, everyone else that they got in this movie. Fortune Feimster, Vanessa Bayer, Wendy McClendon Covey. What, like truly mm. Wendy McClendon Covey is one of the funniest women. Yeah. She's, she's under, underappreciated. And the fact that she was only for one scene. Yeah, what a waste, right? What a waste. And I just felt bad because those three, the, the, it was like Phyllis, um, the Yo, women Phyllis, in the club, under, like yeah. back at home, the talking club. The talking I wanted club, them yeah. to be in, I wanted the talking club to be in Florida so bad. Cause I was like, I feel bad. Like I, I want to see that dynamic also somehow figure themselves out in Florida as well. And I was like, I wish everyone got a free trip, but I guess we could only, <laughs> we could only afford to send so many people. But I, I just love the other cast so much. I just, they, and Kristen, I mean, Kristen and Annie, obviously all their friends are like funny women, just like they are. So I completely like understand that they were able to be part of the movie too. But yeah, I did wish that like we saw more of Wendy's character. We saw more of talking club, even though they were spliced in like yeah. throughout the movie. Wendy's Wendy's cameo, just like almost 
you were like, oh my God, yes, Wendy is in this movie. I'm so excited because I love her character and like Bridesmaid and, and, you know, since Bridesmaids, we have like the Goldbergs and like, if you're not watching the Goldbergs, she is the reason alone to watch this show because she's so good. She is and you're like, the reason to watch yeah, the show. So good. Uh, Reno 911, you know, like she's so funny. Like she's so, so good. <laughs> and it's just so, it's so quick. And it's like, her last line of the movie, I'm like, oh, she's coming back around again. And then she doesn't come back around again. And I was like, oh, what a bummer. I, I will say my sticky point for I this know. movie is that. So I'm a big proponent of like the advertising of, of a movie can either be the arm that helps it or the arm that sinks it like. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so Widows was a mm-hmm. big movie that came out. Um and it was like packaged like it was supposed to be a heist yeah. movie. But if you watch Widows, it truly is more like kind of empowering. But I mean, it was it's, it was truly a drama and like about women like taking matters into their own hands. And it was actually really powerful. And I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies that year. But yeah, because it was packaged in a completely different way. What was M. Night Shyamalan's The Village? I remember seeing The Village in the movies. And the if you watch The Village now, like you've never seen it watch it and you'll just watch it as a movie, not knowing anything about it and you might enjoy it better, but it was packaged as being this like horror thriller. And that is not what that movie is. Like it's got a mystery in it. Like, but I remember that was the first movie I remember walking out and being like, wow, the advertising for this movie, like really, really failed this movie. Um, And that's the thing is that Mm -hmm. I get that the movie, the advertising can be the trick that gets you in the seat. But the problem is it sets you with a certain type of like a mental expectation. And so if you're not prepped, either you are prepped for a different type of movie like you're getting, like you said, Widows was like you thinking a heist thriller, but really it's a drama character piece. You know, that that sometimes can take so long for you to switch your mind around it because you're waiting for it to go into the genre that it's been advertised as. It's just, and I feel like this movie... I, I mean, Barb and Star literally was like the question mark movie. It doesn't, it literally, that's the joke. The preview shows you nothing about the movie, but the problem is Kristen Wiig's last big movie ultimately yeah, before this was nothing. Bridesmaids and they're advertising it being like, oh, from the writers of Bridesmaids. And you're like, yeah, Bridesmaids is nominated for an Academy Award because ultimately it's a character driven movie that looks at people in a very realistic manner but in a comedic way mm-hmm. this movie is just like spoof it's a spoof movie it's it literally is like an austin powers it's next generation yeah. austin powers it's austin powers from a different angle from a, a nobody's involvement in the movie angle um and that was one of those like i remember being like oh like that is not at all what I thought this movie was going to be. Even if it was just a sketch comedy movie, it's still so Mm. absurd. You're like, Oh, okay. I haven't seen a movie. Like it's like anchorman or, um, uh, like Chris Farley movies, you know, it's, it it reminds me of like that sort of stuff. And so I feel like, I feel like the advertising kind of pulled you out of it a little bit. Like it took a minute to be like, if you're renting it thinking it's going to be like this funny like bridesmaids movie, but they're fun Nebraska people, that's not really what it is. I had such a big distance from when I first saw yeah. the previews. Like last year, it was like all over the theaters because they were getting ready f- to show it in July. So I think like since I wasn't able to see anything since then, I was like, I completely have no expectations for this movie again. So 
Yeah, I, I think that's that's a thing too. If you're not like the problem is I'm the type of learner where I see one movie preview or I can figure out a movie so quick it's disgusting where I am just like, oh, this is point like I feel like sometimes it ruins the fun for other people and I don't mean to do that, but it was one of those movies where like I, I I think if I had just gone in to watch it without having ever seen any advertising for it, I would have had no expectations. So that but but again, I'm not like disappointed because I mean we laughed the whole time. The, the whole, whole time. time. Come on, Trish. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even talk about Trish. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, the biggest Okay, I'm not gonna ruin it for if if you watching the show and you have not seen this movie, you have to watch it now because there is a running bit about this woman named Trish. It's it's not even a running bit. It's just it's just literally a one part of the movie. And you're just like the absurdity of them having this conversation is so ridiculous, but it like pays off later. It's so stupid. It pays off so well. Truly, I don't think they will write this in history books about screenwriting and cinema, about how a bit like this paid off so well to the point where we had to pause the movie because Adam yeah, literally yeah. ran up and down the apartment. Just like, ah! it's so good. Do it for Trish. It was Trish. <laughs> it was Trish. What was that? It was Trish. It was Trish. It's well, I don't so even good. remember how they started the conversation about Trish, but I just remember them being like, oh, we just have this thing we make up, and it's a woman named Trish, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just it's so, it goes on it's, for so long. It's, it's so funny. It's, it's worth <laughs> that. That part made it worth watching the movie alone. 100% agree. So to wrap up, uh, this movie is a wild and campy summer movie that you can watch whenever you want because it's on demand. And trust us, the punchlines will truly get you when you least expect it. And also, Trish, you you just you just have to watch this movie for this Trish bit. It is so good. <laughs> um, I don't even know if this would have hit the same way had we not been locked up for a year and we're just desperate <laughs> for like new comedic movies and stuff like that. But I would recommend if you've got anybody in your life that you feel safe being in the same room with or whatever, you know, like watch it with them. And because this is one of those where, like, I think Agreed. you'll get something out of it if you're watching it with another person. Yeah. Uh, traditional in my show is that sometimes I'll also make a recipe that's based on a piece of pop culture. So in honor of this movie, it is the one food that they show in the in the movie. And it is Barb and Star's hot dog soup. They make oh, my it God, no, <laughs> you did not make hot dog soup. Oh, my God. They made it in their talking club, um, and it's really easy to make, according to Barb and like Star. So stew? it is a bean stew with hot dogs in it. Cut up hot dogs. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't! I can't believe that! I I want this so bad! I want it so bad! It looks so disgusting! I need to try it. Uh, yes, I'll let you know how it works. So you'll be seeing the recipe for the hot dog okay. soup. Okay. Um, on the link below on the video um, or on the details of this episode. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Popsicle. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and let us know what you think about Barb and Star 
go to Vista Del Mar. If you're listening to us on the podcast, Vista make sure you leave us a rating or a review. Uh, tell me what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear more in the future. Every fifth episode, we are doing a book. So the next episode after this will be our book episode. It is A Fall Love Story by Lonely. There's a link on this episode to um, buy um, your own copy. Rhino, go ahead and plug, plug away. Oh, I was like, you just did your show. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on social media at R-Y-N-O-1185 on everything, Twitter, Instagram, email i don't know the war bonds whatever you want to send to me um the i yeah i i am also on the ampliverse doing shows as well with uh the bourbon study if you haven't seen that that's where me and my good friend jill um twice a week we 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 taste the bourbon once a week and then we make a drink with it on the weekend so it's a fun little journey that we're on we do that i do the podcast rangers which is my power rangers podcast where we just kind of break it down in a very accessible way to have conversation based uh things where we try not to exclude anybody whether you've seen one episode or every episode or just one episode a hundred times everybody's welcome to get in on that conversation so i have those two things that are a part of this on the ampliverse but uh and then god knows what else i don't know you can find me at rj food rocks on all of your social media and my youtube channel rj's food rocks premieres a new video every week the popsicle is part of the ampliverse and you can find all of our shows on the ampliverse.com Thank you again, Rhino, for joining me. And thank you for listening. This has been The Popsicle. Bye-bye. It was Trish. Bye, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> Discovering Voices, Media Worlds, The Ampliverse.